Hey everyone, my name is Jason Parker, and I want to welcome you to the Coastal Church Podcast. I'm super excited for you to hear this message. We believe that God wants to speak to us, and we hope that you're open to hear what he has to say to you today. Enjoy. Well, thanks so much for joining us here tonight. My name is Jason. I'm one of the pastors here at Coastal, and we're so glad. This is like, this is like our most significant service of the year. And so we're honored that you come here today, and 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 we ha- we're honored to be able to have opportunity in a few moments to actually pray or prayer a blessing over each and every one of you that are getting ready to go lobstering. Um, we uh, we've been in this sermon series talking about relationships, and so we started off the first week a few weeks ago. We talked about marriage, and sometimes marriage can be hard. Sometimes marriage can be difficult. And we talked about some of the challenges of of, of marriage. Last week we talked about kids, and how many of y'all know in this room? That sometimes kids can be difficult people. Amen, right? As so we talked a little bit about last week, how do you, how do you navigate that? How do you, how do you deal with kids? And this week we want to shift to talking about, like, sometimes, let's be honest, people that we work with, it can be difficult sometimes. And I know that maybe if you're sitting with someone you work with, maybe you don't like, want to say amen or raise your hand to that. But sometimes it can be difficult to work with different people. And so I want to talk a little bit about that tonight. Not just work with people, but work around people. Maybe it's not someone that's aboard your boat, but it's someone that fishes around you. And sometimes it's difficult to work around certain people. Um, in, a, in a few days here, you're going to be heading back on the water. And for a lot of you, it's a place where you actually really love and, and enjoy being. Yes, you feel an anxiety tonight. You're feeling stressed. It's on your mind. Some of you were even dreaming about lobster right, the last few days. Um, but you're looking forward to it. You're kind of looking forward to it. But there are some challenges and tensions, especially from what I've learned from chatting with you, some of you as fishermen. Um, that, the first month is pretty hectic, is it not? First few weeks is tense. Like some of you get a couple hours sleep a day, right? Right? And long days... You work really, really, really hard, um, and it's tiring. I know Brett, the guy that was leading worship here tonight, he's going lobstering for a little while, and uh, he knows what it's like. It's hard, hard work, and it's, it's one thing to work hard when you're by yourself, but when you're working hard and you're around people all day, and you're tired, and you're hungry, and you're cold, and there's this stress that comes over your body. And then oftentimes, when you're under stress, it's like when you squeeze a lemon, the lemon juice comes out. And oftentimes, like, you guys are kind of pushed to the brink at times because you work so hard and give up yourself so much. And so that's in a perfect equation for a little bit of conflict and relational things to start happening, not just aboard the boat, interactions between like crew and captain and so on and so forth. But even the people that you fish around, sometimes it can be a little tense or the people you interact with at the wharf. And so sometimes it can be really, really, really difficult. Um, and maybe the, maybe the difficult person that you're interacting with is um, maybe there's someone, just for whatever reason, they always lay on top of your gear. That never happens, right? Someone lay on top of you? No, I didn't think so. And you're like, in your head, you're just like, Lord, would you just send this guy about three miles, four miles, five miles, ten miles the other way? So I just don't have to deal with this difficult person. And it's really challenging. And it'd be nice if that was the case. But 
how many of you know that throughout the season, whether someone on board your boat, someone on the wharf, someone on the set, at times, I mean, on the set, you can just change the channel. But we deal with difficult people, right? And there's kind of no escape from it. And I think for some people, for some, I think for some of you, I even noticed this last year. Last year, because the last couple of years have been crazy, last time I checked, right? Um, a lot of people were really looking forward to lobstering because it was actually escape from the craziness on land. There was some crazy stuff happening last November, December last year, if you remember. And some people were like, man, I can't wait to go lobstering because I can just give a little bit of a reprieve from what's happening. But then you get out there and you're working hard and you realize, no, you know what? I still have some of that. I still have to interact with people. And sometimes people can be difficult. And sometimes if we're honest, we look in the mirror and realize that when I get tired and hungry and stressed and about two or three hours sleep, I become the difficult person. I ain't very... I ain't, I ain't the kind of person that people want to be around. And so it's like, how do, we, how do we navigate that? Because I could be wrong, but I can almost guarantee you this first month, like as you interact with different people, there's going to be moments of tension, right? You'll have maybe tense moments or stressful moments or stuff going on because there's so much pressure. How can there not be that? So how do you navigate these tense times? Or, or maybe things get really rough and you have like a bit of a, a row or a disagreement. Or maybe... Or maybe there's someone that you fish around, you interact, and you, you know that you're going to see him at the wharf, but you and him just don't get along at all. And maybe you smile or say hi, but there's been tension from something that's happened, and it's like, but you got to see the person every day. So how do you deal with, how do you deal with difficult people? How do you deal with people that maybe that you fish around that actually is your enemy? They don't care for you, and you don't care for them. How do you deal with people that would go so far as to say, for lobstering, they don't even like you? They go so far as to say they hate you. How do you deal with people like that? Well, the Bible actually tells us how to deal with difficult people and people that would be as difficult as hating us and being one of our enemies. The Bible actually tells us with how to deal with difficult people. But let me just give you a heads up. You're not going to like the answer because I don't like the answer. <laughs> you want to know how to deal with difficult people? Well, let's see what Jesus had to say about people that hate us, that don't care for us. Like, let's, let's look at the words of Jesus and what he had to say. Y'all ready for this? Okay, good. All right, here we go. Lord, help us. This is uh, Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount. When he's, he's, basically, Jesus is giving a whole bunch of his teachings all right, here in this passage of scripture over these three chapters, and this is what he says. But I say to you, here, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who abuse you. To the one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. From the one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from the one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies. How many of y'all feel like loving your enemies? 
No one. Right? Jesus said, love your enemies and do good and lend. Expect nothing in return. And here's, check this part. You need to hear this part. Dealing with difficult people, people that don't like you, your enemies. If you love them, Jesus promised your reward will be great. That's incentive. And you will be sons of the most high for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful even as your father is merciful. So the playbook that Jesus gives us for dealing with difficult people and to the extreme is even our enemies. But let's just start with difficult people, people that we are stressed, you're stressed, they're stressed. How do you navigate dealing with difficult people? You love them. You love them. And I don't know about you, but that's really, really hard to do. And I bet that you've had relationships of people maybe in the fishing industry that um, trust has been broken, and, and, or, or maybe you worked with someone before, and now you don't work with them. Um, there's kind of division that's there. Jesus' command for those people, the people that have even broken your trust, is to love them. Man, like, I don't really feel like doing that. You probably don't feel like doing that. But Jesus commands us to do that, and it feels so unnatural. Feels not right. Like, why couldn't we be given the option of, like, tolerating our enemies and difficult people? Or, like, cut off difficult people and our enemies. Just, like, cut them off. Or, like, smile at them in public, but on the set, we're shredding them privately. (laughs) Those little buggers. Right? Or, like, keep them at a distance. But now, like, Jesus says, love them. And maybe you're like, all right, the rest of the Bible, do it, like, do on to others as you want to do it on to you. Okay, I can do that. But loving difficult people, I think I'm just going to, like, skip that part in the Bible. The problem is, is if you go not to just Jesus, but a guy named Paul who wrote 13 letters in the New Testament, guess what he says? The same thing. He tells us to do the same thing. So we can't, like, avoid it. It says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. You see the humility that's here? Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to what is honorable in the sight of all. How we interact and treat other people, in particular, people that are hostile towards us or when tensions are high, it really, really matters. The Bible says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I roll pace as the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So there's no real escape from this direction that the Bible gives us, Jesus and Paul, how to deal with difficult people. It's to love and bless them. But that's a really humbling thing because if you're going to bless someone that's difficult or to go so far as to say that they're your enemy, that means you have to humble yourself. You have to swallow your pride and you have to likely give blessing to someone that probably doesn't deserve it. And that's like... That's really, really 
hard to do. It's difficult. One of the blessings, though, that I think fishermen have is because of what you experience and because of your proximity, your closeness to creation and how wild the waters and waves and conditions can be, I think God has given fishermen humility, a sense of being humbled before God. The, the other reason I know that is because there was a few hundred people in both of our services that came tonight. And you came tonight because there's a certain sense of like, I want to humble myself before God and ask his blessing and ask for his protection. And so I think God has blessed fishermen in particular with humility, with a humble heart. And that is so important when you have moments and times when you feel like you have nothing left or you feel like you're being squeezed to the last degree. It takes a lot of humility to not react or not, not explode or not blow up or not be tense. And, or if you have those moments when you do blow up, when you do get mad, when you do get ugly, having the humility to go to that person you're working on the deck with and say, hey, listen, man, I'm sorry. That was wrong. Because we have those moments, right? You have those moments when we feel like, oh, man, wish I had that one back. But it takes humility to be able to do that. And that's what these passages is all about. It's all about humbling ourselves. That sounds like a really tall order, like humbling ourselves and, and doing those kinds of things. As a matter of fact, I would just go as far as to say is like, without Jesus, it's actually impossible to, to bless and love and be kind and do all those things for difficult people or people that are enemies. It's, 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 it's almost or arguably impossible to do without Jesus. That's why Jesus invites us into this relationship with him where we actually build our lives on his teaching. You know, we sang tonight about the wind came and the storms come. Well, Jesus talked about that right after he talked about this passage of scripture about enemies. And this is what Jesus said. He said, the wise man builds his house upon the what? The rock. That's right. Good job, man. Boom. Listening in Sunday school. Let's go. Listening in Coastal Kids. Builds his house on the rock. And the Bible goes on to say that the winds came and the floods came, but the house stood firm. It was stabilized because it was built on the rock. And Jesus went on to say, the rock are what? My teachings. The teachings of Jesus bring stability to your life. We have lives in 2022 that aren't stable. And Jesus, counterculturally, is inviting people to follow his teachings and embrace them and build their entire lives of them so they can have stability. Part of the teachings of Jesus, Jesus was talking about, was learning how to bless other people who are difficult. And when you embrace that, it brings a certain level of stability into your life. But So Jesus, I'm here to tell you tonight, Jesus is inviting you to build your life on him. And so for some of you here tonight, you're just maybe taking that first step or you're checking and evaluating and counting the cost of, you know, do I want to build my life on Jesus? But here's what I'll tell you. What you'll find over and over and over again is as you come up against difficult people in your life or people that maybe don't like you and you have to interact with them, 
like it will be harder and harder and harder for you because you'll find inside, man, I don't have what it takes to deal with these people. And it's true, we don't. That's why we need Jesus. And Jesus invites us to be rooted in him. That's how we deal with difficult people. And I want to speak to those of you in the room tonight that are, maybe you're a fisherman, but you're a follower of Jesus. And maybe some of your crew or some of the people you fish around, they, they aren't following Jesus. And you know because you feel like you're under the microscope. You feel like, listen, I know that the way that I interact with my crew, the way that um, I talk on the set, the way that I interact with other boats, like how I live really, really matters. And you feel that responsibility partly because you know that, that your life is a reflection. And you know that, that how many times has, has non-Christian people saw people who said they were Christians they talked the talk, but they didn't walk the walk. And for that reason, that person's like, I'm rejecting Jesus. I'm not going to follow him. I'm not going to come to church because you're not living out what you say. So we feel that certain level of pressure. But the cool part that God invites us into is that people are watching. And as they watch you, you're not going to walk a perfect life. But as you are rooted in Jesus and trusting him, especially the times when the pressure gets turned up and you get squeezed and they see the way you interact with your crew and with different people, when it makes no sense for you to act that way, they're like, hey, there's something about you that's different. I know you're not perfect, but I see the way you interact with that person that doesn't like you at all. They talk about you behind your back and you still choose to bless them and be kind to them and be generous to them. What's up with that? See, it's in those moments that our light really shines. But in order to do that, you need Jesus to kind of help you stay rooted. You need him to, to help you kind of walk that walk and talk the talk so that it matches up. And it's really hard to do that. It's hard to do that partly because there's so many other influences out there. And sometimes, let's be honest, like, and this is, this is true in every workplace. So I want to speak to some of you guys that are teachers. How many know that sometimes in, the, in, in a work environment, it can get quite toxic? Or maybe some of you in, 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 the, in the healthcare system. How many know that a work environment can get quite toxic? Now, I want to speak to you fishermen. Like, how many of you know, aboard the boat, sometimes stuff can get a little toxic? It can get a little heavy. It can get a little negative. It can get a little edgy. It can get a little tense. Like, all those kinds of things can happen. And some of that's reality. But sometimes it's, it's because people choose to verbalize attitudes and opinions and thoughts and perspectives that really kinds of brings a drain on everything. You ever been around someone and, and, and they share and talk, but it seems like they just, it's just always negative. They're always complaining, always being negative, kind of like a Debbie Downer or a negative Nancy. They're just constantly negative all the time. And not only that, not only are they negative all the time, they want to invite you into their negativity. So uh, this is what will happen. So they'll get on a yarn and talk about whatever they're talking about, something negative. And after they tail their yarn about whether it's the weather, whether it's politics, whether it's something, whatever the case may be, they get done their yarn and they look at you and they ask you a question. They say, 
right? Right? I'm doing it to you now. And they want to invite you to join them in their negativity. But if you're rooted in Jesus, you don't have to be rooted in their attitudes and opinions and perspectives. You know, I know why? Because whose attitudes, opinions, and perspectives do you have? Jesus. Jesus has all kinds of attitudes, perspectives, and opinions. And most of the time, they're different than the negative people that are creating a toxic work environment. Now, that doesn't mean you have to correct and rebuke them, but sometimes when they want you to come in agreement or they're being negative and they're asking for a response from you, sometimes the best thing to do when you're rooted in Jesus is to be silent. Or maybe someone is just railing out at you. You accidentally laid over their gear and they let you have it. Sometimes the best reaction is to be silent. Because those are the moments when other people are watching. But it's hard to do that unless you're rooted in Jesus. But when you're rooted in Jesus, honest to goodness, like you don't care what other people think about you. You're trusting in God. You believe he's directing you with how you ought to fish, where you ought to fish, how you ought to interact with one another. It changes everything. And so dealing with difficult people, you got to be rooted in Jesus. The second thing you have to do is, is look at people through the eyes of the gospel. This helps make so much sense when you're dealing with difficult people. Whether it's someone aboard your boat, whether it's someone you're fishing around, someone in the wharf, even in your own home. When you're dealing with difficult people, or maybe for students that are here tonight or teachers that are here tonight, this could be people that you see in your workplace, and they're just so difficult. But when you look at people through the eyes of the gospel, it does make things easier. And this is why. Because according to the gospel, the good news about Jesus that's found in the scriptures, the Bible teaches us that all of us as humanity are broken. We're all messed up. We're all imperfect. We all have flaws. That's all through the scripture. And so when we see imperfections or struggles or difficulty come out of other people, it doesn't surprise us. Because we're like, well, the Bible actually says that's going to be the case. The Bible says that people are going to be difficult. And not only does the Bible say that people are going to be difficult, it actually gives instructions for how we ought to deal with difficult people. And we also look in the mirror at ourselves through the gospel and realize, I'm an imperfect person. I'm broken, and I'm flawed. And I don't think often we have to do much convincing of that. But here's what it does. When we begin to look at people we work with and interact with through the gospel, because we realize they're broken and I'm broken, it gives us this ability to actually extend grace to people. You see, when we were God's enemies, when we were the people that were like, God, I don't want you, God, instead of rejecting us and cutting us off, he said, you know what? I'm going to love you. I'm going to give you what you don't deserve. And that's what grace means. It's getting something we don't deserve. God loved us while we were his enemies. He sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for our sins and invited us into this relationship so we could receive forgiveness and grace. And we receive forgiveness and grace so that we, in turn, we can give grace and forgiveness to these people. The people we work with, the people that hate us, the people that have severed the relationship. God gives us the ability to love and give grace to other people. And we're able to do that because we look at people not based on what they've done, not based on how they've treated us, but we look at people based on the way that God sees them. And that gives us the ability to see people the way God wants us to see people. And it's so, so it's when you're rooted in Jesus, when you let him define you, 
when you have that relationship with him, and when you begin to look at difficult people through the lens of God, through the lens of the gospel, through the lens of God, the way that God sees them, it's then you're able to love people that are difficult to love. It's then you're able to respond instead of be reactive, or you're able to act and react in love instead of act and react in frustration or anger, or whatever the case may be. I invite the worship team to come at this time. When you're rooted in Jesus, and you're looking at people through the lens of the gospel, it's then you're able to bless those who are difficult. And frankly, you've got to give yourself grace when you miss the mark. Because in all likelihood, in the next month, when you're working and you're stressed and you're tapped out and you're giving of yourself so much, you're going to have moments where you miss the mark. Say something you shouldn't have said. Do something you shouldn't have done. And the good news about God is he's not nitpicking. He's inviting you to say, come to him and just say, God, like, forgive me. I humble myself before you and I messed up. Would you forgive me? Or saying to someone else, like how powerful would it be if after you made a mistake with someone, you, maybe you blew up or said something you shouldn't have, you go to them afterward and say, look, man, I'm sorry. How impactful could that be? But it takes us being willing to, to follow the teachings of Jesus and follow the direction he has for our lives. And for some of us, I don't know about you, but I need... I need incentives sometimes. And one of the reasons that you go lobstering and you work as hard as you do and give as many hours as you do, especially in this first month, is because you believe on the other side of this hard work is going to be what? Some lobsters and a paycheck, right? Like you work so hard at doing this. Why? Because you believe there's going to be a reward. And here's the great news about blessing difficult people, even when it doesn't make sense to do so. The good news about doing the hard work of blessing, giving, serving, being generous to difficult people is Jesus actually promises to reward that hard work. And the rewards that God gives are far greater than any financial blessing. God wants to reward you and one of the rewards is giving you a life of stability, a life of peace, a life where relationships aren't in utter chaos all the time, a life of blessing. Yeah, you're still going to have bumpy relationships, but God prescribes for us the way to do difficult relationships, and it actually leads to his blessing. So you're going to have bumpy times this first month. It's probably going to happen because we're imperfect people. But the good news, and I want to encourage you to do something, is that God wants to enable you to actually, in those difficult moments with those difficult people, to bring blessing instead of cursing. What would it look like if in moments of tension, when people are used to seeing their reaction, they actually see their response in grace? And they're like, man, what's going on with him? He never used to be like that. Or maybe it's a thing on the set when some people are talking about certain things or certain people, you're just like, I'm just not going to engage in that conversation. Or what if, maybe this is a bit of a stretch. Maybe there's this person that fishes around you and you just cannot stand them. But what if you were intentional 
and you said, this lobster season, I'm actually going to go out of my way and bless this guy. Because everyone knows that probably around you that you can't stand this guy. And when they see the way you interact with him and bless him, this difficult person, they're going to say, what's the deal? And they're going to begin to ask and wonder, why is he doing this? And when they begin to wonder, you don't have to always say it. This is about letting your light shine before men and people begin to think, oh, there's, there's something different here. Because ultimately, tonight, we want to point you to Jesus because we believe that he's the answer. He's the one who brings stability. He's the one who brings life. He's the one who brings blessing. And we believe that he is the answer for everything. So in a moment, we're going to pray that Jesus would bless you this season. But I just want to encourage you this season, as you have those difficult moments, to trust that God will give you the grace you need in those difficult moments. Would you stand as we pray? Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for your sense of grace and peace. And God, we humble our hearts before you. And we just pray for grace in the difficult moments of our season, God, that you would give us what we need. Lord, call us out to what you're calling us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. We really hope that this message has motivated you to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus and has inspired you to join us in our mission to take Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova. If you have any questions about the sermon, if you want to know how you can get involved, send us an email at office at coastalchurchns.com. We'd love to get connected with you. Have a great day.